Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Brandon from Pure Self Defense Academy in Thousand Oaks, California. What's up, Brandon? How are you today? Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Yes. I'm glad I could be here. Yes, absolutely. All right, cool. So let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? I started uh, my gym like 17 years ago. Um, Got a lot of compliments teaching. So uh, I was like, I guess this is what I'm going to do. Ended up growing a business um, back in 2008, we did almost a million dollars out of our little gym. And then uh, I think it was the, the house crash, right? The, well, the whole house market yep. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that dropped. <laughs> and yep. then we regrew it, we regrew it. And uh, I decided that I was with a company and I decided to leave and figured, hey, you know what, I've done a good job up to this point, I'll continue doing it on my own. And that's where I'm at today. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and now what does your business model look like currently within your facility? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, mainly group classes is what we focus on. Uh, we do private training as well, half hour sessions or hour sessions. Um, and then another big one for us is uh, seminars. We do a lot of seminars. Okay. All right. And now how many members are you currently serving? We're around 150 right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So around 150. And are the majority of those members within the group classes? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Probably about 100 and 125 of them are probably group. And then the other 25 are, are probably private training only. Yeah. Okay. All right. And now as far as the membership goes, how do you structure the membership are you doing any type of uh agreement like a six month 12 month are we month to month packages what does that all look like yeah we just do month to month um 30 day notice pay us for the last 30 days it's the only thing we ask for from any client of ours um if it's private training uh the private lessons won't expire for about a year uh so if for okay. some reason they can't make it in we were able to hold on to that for them for at least the year yeah, okay. I don't do any, I don't do any six month, 12 month contracts. I used to do that stuff. And, uh, it just, when people were trying to cancel and trying to get out of situations, it was just a pain in the butt. So we got rid of it. Okay. So anytime that I talk to somebody that has a month to month situation, as far as the memberships go, I always like to ask about retention just because it is a little bit harder to predict monthly revenue if we're not in some type of an agreement. So if retention is really good, it's typically not an issue. The only time we really run into the issue is if we're losing more people than we're getting every month. And then we have no idea what's coming in from a business standpoint. So I'm guessing for you, retention is not an issue. People are sticking with you for a long period of time. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Okay. I think I believe... I mean, I believe that if the product is good, people will stay, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, unless they have outside circumstances, which won't allow them to do that. But for the most part, like we have a 
we have a pretty great program that allows people to stay and pretty committed loyal students too yeah. and um, the big one is camaraderie right if you can mm -hmm. build camaraderie inside your location where people want to come for the people and not necessarily right. for the product, yes. that also helps too, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They feel like they're a part of something and then they have other people holding them accountable too. You know, it's like everybody's waiting for you. And if you're not there, you're probably getting a text or a call like, hey, where That's are right. you? That's so right. absolutely. That's definitely a huge part of that. So now as far as the membership itself goes, Typically growth is always on our minds. So how are you getting new people in the door? What does marketing look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't do a whole lot of marketing. Um, I'm usually on, I'm on Yelp. Um, and I have a little bit on Google, a little bit Facebook, a little bit of Instagram, mm -hmm. um, big time word of mouth. Uh, really, that's what we try to hit the most is referral. Um, one of the things about our business that I, that I have going right now, at least I feel out of the area around me in Southern California, nobody's really doing what I'm doing. Um, a lot of people focus like on the sport aspect of martial arts training or like the traditional side of it, but to like really, truly get into what self-defense training is, I haven't seen it. So, um, I think a lot of people are drawn to that. Right. Yeah, that definitely helps to separate you from the other facilities, I'm sure. Okay, so now you're not running any paid advertising through like Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature? No. Okay. No, it's and, just, uh, it's just Yelp. Okay, and how many new faces on average would you say that you're seeing per month with the advertising that you're doing now? You probably get about 10 to 12 people in every month. Okay. Which is, which is good for our gym. I mean, our gym can only hold about 185 right now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we could obviously get 35 more students or so, which is mm -hmm. what we're, our goal is. Um, but a lot of like our kids program and stuff, like the, we have caps on our classes. Those classes are full. Mm -hmm. um, okay. so. All right. And are those 10 to 12 people converting into memberships or are those just people that are walking in the door? Well, those are people who are converting into memberships. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now when somebody does walk in the door, what does that process look like? What does your sales process look like? So are you sitting down with them, having some type of initial consultation? Are they taking a free class? Kind of walk us through that process. Yeah. <laughs> Good questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in the day, like four, four years ago, if you were to ask me that question, um, I would have had a call with them. We would have set an appointment for a specific time to come in. We would have sat down. We would have gone over their goals or interests, um, all of that good stuff. No reason talking about that. Cause that's not what I'm doing anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. now I'm pretty nonchalant. Like person walks in, Hey, what's your name? I don't even grab their number. Like I probably should. Um, if this is something you're interested in, let's come on in, like check out what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people like that, you know, they like the, they like the, uh, like, well, you're not selling me anything. No, I'm not. Come on in and try it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when we get that type of like, when we have that type of feel, we get a lot more people in, come in and do a group. They do the group. They feel the energy of how that group's working. Uh, the, I feel like the product that we offer is phenomenal, which is probably why, why we don't have trouble rolling people over. Mm -hmm. um, they come in, they take the class. I look at them and go, Hey, what are you thinking? They're like, yeah, what's the price to say, Hey, this is how much it is. They're like, all right, cool. I'll do it. 
and we're in. Okay. All right. So it sounds it sounds too good to be true. Yeah, I, I make it simple. <laughs> so I, I simple. No, it's I good. Could, <laughs> That's the way we want it to be. <laughs> yeah. That's the way we want it to be. Um, so now, are there any other services that you're offering within the facility as far as nutrition or accountability or supplementation or anything like that, other levels of service for people to ascend into? I keep everything self-defense training. Um, so we have a beginner self-defense program that focuses on how to get good quick, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I preach that. I feel that's important. Um, and then we have advanced training where we put people on scenario-based training or seek what we call sequence-based training. And then we do some like fight classes and whatnot as they, as they get more comfortable. Um, but I keep everything around self-defense. I don't, I don't go outside of it. Okay. All right. So now what are your main focuses for 2022 within the business? What are we looking to do this year? That's a great question too. So my goal is to eventually start an online program. Um, I want to be able to take our pure curriculum, uh, which is 24 classes. I want to be able to break those down, have an intro program to the internet, and then um, take that full 24 classes. And this is where I would want to have like a psychologist come in because we do talk about like the mindset of a predator. We do go mm -hmm. into like the emotional side of what it's like to be attacked, having people come in and be online and actually talk about those specific things. Uh, the legalities, the aftermath, what you have to go through, having a counselor come out. Like we want to set up a, a pretty big program when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm probably going to start that closer to 23 though, because we're still okay. putting together some, some things that we want for the program. So it's, it's locked in. Yeah. Okay. That's very cool. Definitely something different. That's really not something that you find within the industry. So yeah. That's that's very cool. And now, as far as your target market goes, is this something, it seems like something that could apply more generally, kind of across the board to a lot of different types of people. So is there kind of a specific target market that you have, or is there like a majority of a certain type of person that you're serving, or are you kind of for everyone? Yeah, you know, um, we, we hit everybody across the board. Um, I, uh, my target market, though, is usually the 16 to 25-year-old female is usually who we would like to see in the classes, um, which we do a pretty good job. We get older we get older people as well. I mean, it's across the board, mm -hmm. trained police officers, security. I mean, we have all of that as well. Um, but I noticed, like, especially this time of year, as we start to go out of the high school into into college i mean i'm doing seminars almost every week for for that age group yeah wow okay and so with your your marketing being mostly word of mouth are you doing things like in schools or to kind of get that type of clients or I, I hate, <laughs> probably like one of your worst people to be on this podcast. No, no, not at all. I don't do anything. I, I, I mean, I do, obviously I do, yeah. I do stuff, right. Mm. Um, but the seminars that like I do for the, for these young girls, um, it's word of mouth. Like we got put on a Facebook page, uh, for, uh, girls going to college. It was specific to that. I didn't even ask to be on it. They just put my name there and we got like, I mean, I think we got like over 
50, 60 women last year. Wow. Uh, and it's, and it's growing. We've already started. I've got two seminars already set up right now for, for this. Um, so it's, it honestly, it's just word of mouth in our community and, and people coming in and hearing about what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So now the gym that I actually go to currently is similar. You know, he does a lot of self-defense seminars and whatnot, and especially for like young women going to college and in certain situations like that. But so how do you kind of structure those? Are those like one day events or are they longer? Do you kind of do programs or do people transfer into programs from those seminars? Yeah. Okay. So, so we do everything that you just said, right? I'll set mm -hmm. up a seminar that's, I, I typically will not do anything less than three hours long. Okay. Uh, just because there's a lot of information. I'm not going to be able to teach you how to defend right. yourself in three hours. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to get you mentally prepared and situational awareness. If someone wants to do like um, multiple seminars where we're doing like once a quarter or once a week, I have that set up as well. Um, and yeah, like some of those people are like, I love this and want to continue going into the program for a little bit longer before they go to school. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm just thinking, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot of information there and a lot to learn in just a short period of time. So I'm sure that yeah. it makes more sense for you to continue working with some of these people who are interested in continuing. So it's a good kind of funnel to get people in and show them the basics and then kind of get them into a longer term program. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening their own business, going their own way within the fitness industry, what would that be? Oh, man. Don't second guess yourself. If you have the, if you have the ability and you have it in your mind that you're going to do it, just go all in. Mm -hmm. um, don't go in hesitating don't have fear. Um, if you're willing to do the work, you're willing to put in the hours, you're willing to put in the time. Uh, it's, at the end of the day, it's worth it. Yeah, yes. for Absolutely. sure. That's, that's what I would say. I mean, that was yeah. my biggest, my biggest thing was just, can I do this on my own? You know, how do you do, how do you do the advertising? How do you do the back office stuff? How do you do administration and all the billing? And it was like actually the easiest thing, right? <laughs> it was like the easiest part of it. Um, so it's, uh, once I got that in, I was, I was pretty good to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of figure it out along the way. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Now, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so we're uh, Pure Self Defense Academy. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, Facebook. Um, those are our two platforms that we use. Uh, and then, as far as that, we have our, our website as well. So, uh, so it's Pure Self Defense dot Academy, um, not dot com, but dot Academy. Um, and and that's it. That's what we've got. All so, right, perfect. So pretty straightforward there. Easy to find you. Yeah. All yeah. right. Cool. So Brandon from Pure Self Defense Academy in Thousand Oaks, California, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. All right. Thank you.
Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Protege Fitness in Fridley, Minnesota, Barb Lass. Barb, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am great. Living the dream. Get to talk to gym owners all day. Hopefully you're living your dream there too. Let's hear about it. What are you doing? Tell us all about the gym, the facility, what type of services you offer. Give us the, give us the 411. All right. Um, so we are a boutique style gym, um, about a 5,000 square foot space. And I really um, focus on functional fitness, building that strength, teaching nutrition, um, and uh, kettlebell is obviously, to me, one of the best tools that we can use for our bodies. Um, also use a lot of TRX. Um, and we do do some, you know, barbell strength and um, uh, just a lot of body weight as well. So really trying to get the experience of helping people gain strength, learning their nutrition, and um, most importantly, working out safely, how to work out and how to do this uh, uh, for a lifetime and enjoy it. So awesome. Awesome. So you've been in the industry for, for quite a long time in this facility for five and a half years. Can you give us kind of a brief history of, of what your background is and, and how you ended up here running this, this particular incarnation? Yes, I will. I will try to summarize. Um, one thing I say, you know, cause I have people ask me, um, about getting into personal training. You know, they, a lot of people, when they, they first start thinking they want to do personal training, think you magically all of a sudden have a full schedule of clients, right? Like, oh, it's going to be easy. And instead, what my world looked like was um, when I started really getting serious about wanting to get into it, started out, um, you know, first of all, finding somebody who really knew what he was doing. So I was being trained um and, and learning everything I could, you know, hands-on. I'm very, you know, hands-on when I'm learning. So um, started with him about 15 years ago. And then I just started picking up a, a client here or there that I would train before my regular job in the morning. And then I would do my job. And then I would do some training after, after work as well. Um, and just kind of, you know, piece by piece starting to, to fill that in with, okay, now I'm going to, now, now people are hearing about me. Now I'm going to do some classes. And this wasn't anywhere in particular. This was if somebody had space, you know, in a garage or wherever it was, you know, I was just kind of, kind of building um, uh, piece by piece. Um, and then of course, picking up different certifications along the way, because I think we can just always continue to learn, right? I just think that's so important. So, um, and then uh, from there, I, I had somebody said, you should do a community ed class. 
So I did my first community community ed kettlebell class. It, it was pretty close to 15 years ago. And the reason I bring that up is because there was 20 people in that class. And here I am 15 years later, and I still have six of them that train with me at least twice a week. Holy cow. It was, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but, but you, you, you know, you develop those relationships and you just, you build from there. And um, so community ed, I just did for a really brief time. I used to also drive down to Fort Snelling um, here, you know, uh, St. Paul and um, twice a week I would train some of our troops. Um, and so that was a, that was a great experience. Met a lot of people through that. And then I did start, I was just an independent contractor at another gym for about five years then um, prior to um, opening up our space in, uh, in Fridley. So piece gotcha. by piece. <laughs> so yeah, you've, you've put your, paid your dues, put your time in. It's not like you just, overnight success only happens after a lot of years of hard work, right? For sure, yes. So, all right. So that gives me an idea of kind of where you've come from. What was your, what was your vision for Protege when you got it started? You know, where did you see it becoming? And are you still on that same trajectory or have you had any twists and turns or, or changes in the model? Um, that's a great question. I, I feel like it has like kind of evolved over the years. You know, of course, pre-COVID, it didn't seem hard to fill classes. It didn't seem, you know, it wasn't unusual for us to have 10, you know, 12, 15 people in a class, which is kind of perfect for our space that we have. And, and at the same time, somebody could be doing a one-on-one. -on -one. So um, we um, have really, I, I feel like it's it's kind of, shrunk down a little bit at the moment to probably more one-on-one -on -one than the group classes. We're kind of in that rebuild mode right now. Um, and so I don't think my philosophy of training has, has changed over the years. Um, I, I will continue to learn. I continue to go to different certifications, but it, again, it's always let's, let's get, them, get everybody through a workout um, that's going to push them. I don't have people come in to feel like they're, they're going to get a beat down. Um, I think that's, that's different than a lot of gyms, right? You walk in the door, you just kind of get, get beat up and, and it's like, oh, great workout. I'm super sore. And then, you know, uh, they go back again the next day. We are constantly varying what we're doing um, at, as far as, you know, working to people's strengths um, at the same time, uh, you know, trying to, trying to maybe something that, that isn't their favorite lift, working to make corrections so we can, you know, do it without injury and, and, you know, just continue to expand what they're doing with us. So I feel like that was kind of a lot of words, but. <laughs> That's what we're here for. All, all right. The words, right. I, I just want to tee you up to talk about what you're passionate about and the rest just happens. So philosophically, no big changes. You still feel the same way you did about the type of methodologies, the execution, the results, the the mental space that you want people to be in. Um, COVID happened, right? That's one of those things that there was, there's a big dark cloud, a couple of silver linings. Uh, some people haven't found theirs yet, but but they're they're coming are in waves, I guess. Um, yeah. And one of them is maybe a resurgence of personal training, 
people realizing that, oh, I go to a gym where there's restrictions. Now there's only five or six people. Hey, I like this. And it's opened up the door for maybe some people to bridge the gap between large group training, personal training, and then semi-private training, which still is, I wouldn't call it uncharted territory, but it's something that a lot of gyms are exploring now because it's a little higher service option for the client and it lets a personal trainer scale, right? You, I, no matter how much of a superhero you are, you can only train, I don't know, 10, 12 sessions a day and then you'll lose your mind very quickly. But if you can get those same 12 people in three or four sessions, that's one of those neat things that's come out of it. You've mentioned you do group and personal training. Do you have any of that intermediate yet? Or have you looked at it, that semi-private training? I, I do have that mixed in. And, and a lot of times that comes from what time of day people want to train, right? Mm -hmm. You can only get so many people in before work and only so many people in after work. So, yeah, so I do do some semi um, where I have, you know, maybe it's two to four, but it's only people that I know are coming and that are going to be set. So versus a class, anybody can just come in, you know, show up. We don't have like a registration thing, but yeah. So I have done some of that smaller, I guess. Yeah. Semi-private is what I would call it. And um, people enjoy that because not everybody necessarily likes to be under the microscope the whole time on that one-on-one. -on -one, right. And, and they feel st still kind of that push with, the other people they're working out with, but yet not as stressed out being in that big class, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's the under the microscope thing is really an interesting um, twist that I think has helped people, the staffing can be an issue. It's always, always tough to find the right trainers, the best trainers, and I think that works both ways because as a, as a consumer of fitness, I know the value of personal training. I still don't necessarily like having a one hour session where I'm kind of stuck talking to the same person. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then as a trainer, it's like, I don't want to be that person putting the microscope on somebody. So it's not to say that, you know, people complain all the time that, you know, my trainer's always on their cell phone during a session or something like that. It's, part of it is is a lack of professionalism but part of it is trying to figure out a way to not be awkward and be in someone's back pocket so i think there's a balance there that that works really well for the for the individual right because generally they'll save a little bit of cost of personal training still get a high level of service and for the trainer um i don't know i i'm not a professional there may be a high degree of adhd with fitness trainers and <laughs> How do I direct this all without overwhelming this one person? So I love hearing that people are embracing it. It's good, good for business, good for trainers, good for, for the client. So if it's a win-win-win, you find the right way to approach it or a good way that works for you. Like your, your uh, example was you have someone who wants to train at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. and they're a good client and you like them. And then someone else is like, Hey, I want to train at 4 p.m. And you're like, well, I can't give you one-on-one, -on -one, but I know this really, this cool person also trains at four. Mm -hmm. I you're gonna get a buddy, maybe. I don't do you discount for semi-private versus one-on-one, -on -one, or is it the same price no matter what? I will a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I will a little not too bit. Much, right? mm -mm. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's not half the price because it's still this is your time slot. And this is I'm literally setting this spot aside for you. So yeah. Perfect. I, I love that. I think that. As long as you, 
if you have a benchmark, like for me, I think one of the good benchmarks is was, does this person even notice that they're not getting one-on-one -on -one attention, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any noticeable downgrade? And if there's not, the value is still there, right? People, if they're coming in for results, yes. right, not, not a therapy session, right? Not, you don't want to be, maybe some people like that, but if you're just coming in to get the results that you want in a personalized manner, then I say charge what it's worth. So mm -hmm. good for you on that. So yep. you have your service delivery there. You have one other staff member, one other trainer right now. Um, what's your process for bringing somebody on board? What do you look for in a trainer? What's been in your experience, the, the best qualities or combination for somebody to fit in with you? Um, I, I really look for somebody who is as particular about their training as, as I am. Um, you know, meaning, you know, I've been around to other gyms where I'll watch, um, uh, you know, I'll just do a class just cause I'm curious what's out there mm -hmm. and I'll watch a class, um, or be in a class where corrections aren't being made and repetitive, repetitive movement. And I'm just thinking, okay, well, there's going to be a knee, there's going to be a hip, there's going to be a shoulder, right? Like, so I'm always, I'm, I'm always watching for that. And I always really try to um, make sure we're making corrections. You know, I, I, I actually end up working with a lot of people who have been in, in car accidents or who have been, you know, through rehabbing things and, and just that, that functional movement for the rest of your life. So when I'm hiring a trainer, I want somebody just as aware of what that body movement, what that functional movement should be looking like. And so um, right now, uh, the trainer I have working with me, he does a great job um, with, uh, you know, doing correctional movement, uh, helping people with functional movement, you know, just uh, again, right now with the smaller class sizes, we obviously can keep even a closer eye on what's happening and make those corrections. So, yeah. So a lot of it for you is on the, you have for someone to be a fit for you, they have to have a very keen technical eye to complement the people skills that are just absolutely necessary, no matter what position you're doing, but in something that's that high touch, but you're very focused on somebody who's not, not just a cheerleader, somebody who's not just a, a rah-rah, like really aligns with you where you could have the same conversation almost interchangeably with the client. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, and of course, being in that position, it also has to be somebody who's very personable, right? Like if you're doing a half hour, well, so for us, we do actually half hour one-on-one -on -one sessions, not, not full hours. I've always found that by a half hour, people are done, you know, when you're moving them from thing to thing to thing. And, um, uh, yeah, so I changed that model a long time ago from an hour to a half hour sessions. Um, and even in a half hour session, though, you need to be able to, you know, keep people, keep people engaged. You need to, yes, sometimes a lot of times uh, personal training sessions can feel like a therapy session because people are in there and they're like, finally, their guard is down. They're only around you for 30 minutes and they're going, oh my gosh, this is what's going on in my life. Right. And, and so, yeah, so we need to have, have that interaction be good. And then also taking that step into those small group classes, you need to be able to, you know, engage with people and and keep them excited about being there right not just okay now do this all right now we're going to do some rows okay now we're going to you know like 
you can't feel bored when you're in, in front of a, a small group class. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I have a really good idea of what your philosophy is on execution, who you are as a business, what type of clientele you're trying to attract as far as people who are looking for something that's a step above, maybe a, a lower attention, lower service thing. How do you get the word out? How do you get new clients in the door, especially post-COVID? You know, there's a lot of people, you're not alone trying to recover from the wave. Everybody took a hit, some worse than others. And it's kind of a whole new world on getting people in the door. So what are you what are you doing right now? So right now I feel like I have a lot of different things kind of happening. Um I'm a little leery of doing paid advertising again because we all know how quickly that adds up. Um, I've done that um, and I'm not saying I'll never do it again. I just am, am not spending a lot on, on paid. So um, working on getting better at my social media. Um, again, this, is, this last month has just been such a transition with now being the only owner. So I feel like I'm kind of relearning everything and what is my message I want to put out there. So, um, you know, just working on Instagram, uh, you know, and, and Facebook, of course, um, and uh, really finally not being afraid to ask for referrals and getting people, getting people, you know, into the gym because referrals are a big deal. Um, and then this, this weekend, I'm actually doing an open house at my gym. Um, and you know, I may have five people walk through the door, but I may have 50 people walk through the door, but so I've been doing some advertising for that. And a lot of people are talking about, um, uh, you know, excited about that and excited about seeing new faces and, um, yeah, so kind of, kind of a little bit of a, of thing, a, a little bit of a lot of different things happening right now. Okay. All right. So you're, you're figuring out the messaging, the way you're going to execute it. The, the different ways, what you like, what you don't like. And, and I can understand, and I agree with you on the paid advertising. It's really now it's, it's more expensive than it used to be. It's more of a finely tuned skill. And, and you can really just have a bunch of money disappear if you don't have a strong handle on it. So I get why you want to make sure that everything is in place before you do that. So, but you do have some, some different, we like to say like different poles in the water, right? Trying to look at different branches and avenues to get people in. So when people do come in, raise their hand, reach out to you, text, website, whatever it is, what's your process for bringing somebody in on a consultation and then into their onboarding? Um, right now it's been an initial phone call um, or somebody may just reach out via email or um, get my phone number, send me a text. Um, I love to bring people into the gym before I actually sign them up, right? Like I, I've done it before where I've signed up people over the phone. It works. Um, I'm not, I'm not as good as that as I am when somebody walks into my gym and can actually see and feel the space and go, okay. You know, and then we have that conversation. Um, so once they decide, okay, um, they want to work with me, then I will, um, you know, take them through, you know, we're going to do the assessments, like what are we looking for, strength, weaknesses, going through that, and then kind of we set up the game plan from there, um, what I think looks better for them, whether it be one-on-ones to start, or, you know, somebody who comes in who's in, in great shape and ready to go, they'll just come in and start in classes, so it's that initial, you know, assessment, and, and then make the decisions from there. Okay, and 
do you have any requirement, anything set in stone where whether someone's going to come in and do, even if they, let's say they want to do group, do you make them do any number of personal training classes just to have a full assessment on them to have a better idea of how they move? Or do you feel like you can let them go into those classes and between you and your trainer, you can kind of spot any weaknesses and then pull them back if you need to? Yeah, well, and typically in, in the in the initial assessment that I'll do, that'll give us a really good feel for where they where they might fit. Um, and so I feel like that first, you know, it's usually about a half hour, 45 minutes of just going through all the different movements. Um, but yes, if we do see them go into a class and where it's like, mm, okay, and then you're seeing something that maybe didn't stand out, then we'll have the conversation. Hey, let's, let's take a step back and we'll go to um, some one-on-ones here and just make sure that you're feeling good. You know, um, the one class, uh, you know, I, I teach Russian kettlebell and that would be one class where you would never have somebody just walk in there never having swung a kettlebell before, right? Um, and, you know, so I just have people, you know, we we do, um, I used to do just a beginner kettlebell class where I'd literally make sure people knew how to do swings and cleans and, you know, everything like that. So, so I guess that stands out. That's a little different than our circuit training, you know, right? Where circuit training, most people, if you can do a squat, a lunge, a row, a press, you're going to be fine. Um, but then, of course, we're always working on improving push-ups, and we're working on, you know, just just improving from there. So, yeah. Okay. So, we know how you're getting people in. We know what you're doing once they're there. I want to know what the future looks like for you as the owner in your entrepreneurial journey. You know, kind of newly, you know, solopreneur from having a partnership, and we don't have to dig into why or or why not your partner anymore, but. What's changed for you and, and where are you going and where is the business going to go with you in your ideal scenario now? Um, in my ideal scenario, um, that is, again, um, filling up the gym uh, with excitement again. You know, it, uh, it was so hard. We're in Minnesota. So, you know, obviously four months last year, our gym was completely shut down. Um, and um, it really, it just, it just kind of, um, I don't know if it's, it, you know, not, I don't know if scare is the right word, but, um, it just kept people away from even being ready to come back. Like, where were we going to close down again? Like, was that fear still there? Right. I think that's finally going away. So I, I'm ready for, um, I want more people. I want bigger classes again. I want that energy. I want the, the, the community feel that we, I mean, we do have that. I'm ready for that on that. Like, let's bring it back and let's get excitement around. And, and really, I mean, if, if we're honest, like, I think the most important battle um, that we're fighting against, you know, this whole pandemic is keeping people healthy and, you know, everybody working at home all of a sudden that just, you know, that, that changed a lot for people. So as far as their activity, their movement, their diets, everything like that. So we need to get people back in and excited about feeling good again and working out, you know? All right. So you are on the road to revitalizing the business, getting getting re-energized, re-excited for yourself to take on, you know, it's a new stage, right? It's a new phase in your ownership. You're going to transfer that, get some new blood in the doors. And, and really the sky's going to be the limit or either the sky's the limit or the four walls are going to be the limit, whichever one you hit first. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Not a, yep. not a bad problem to have either way. So 
We are just about out of time here, but before I let you go, there's always, there's really one big question that I like to ask that, that I think is always helpful for our listeners and for our self-reflection. You've been in the game a long time. If you could go back in time to any major point where you learned a big lesson, there was one, one thing that really hit you, whether it was before you were the owner of the facility, since you've been an owner, is there any one thing that you really feel like has helped guide you towards where you are now? Any one thing, that's a kind of a big question. Um, um, hmm. I really think the connections that you make with the people that come into your gym, especially being a smaller, you know, smaller box, smaller boutique gym. Um, I really feel like as I've made those connections over the years, that has has made me want to continue to do this even more, right? You just you just realize what what a need there is, um, whether it's uh, a physical outlet for people or a mental outlet for people, you know, whatever it is, exercise fits in all those boxes. So, um, just really making those connections with people and um, helping them on their on their journey on the, of their health and fitness. So, yeah, that's one thing. So, it's really being in touch with your biggest your biggest why, and we get that a business, right? If it supports you, supports yourself, your family, right? You have to eat and all that stuff, whatever that is, that's, that ends up being secondary. If you're really in touch with your why and strongly feel like, Hey, I'm here to help people as many as I can, as best as I can. And that becomes sort of a guiding, guiding light North star for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, how can you go wrong with that, right? If anybody could argue with that, I want to check and see if they're a human. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, we are officially out of time now. The last thing before you go, tell our audience, where can they find you? Are you on social media? What's your website? Whether it's for you, for the gym, where can we check you out and find out more? Awesome. Thank you. Um, the uh, website is www.protegefitness.com. Um, on Facebook, I'm on there just as Protege Fitness. Um, and then uh, Instagram, the same thing. It should be Protege. I think there's an underscore fitness um, underscore studios. Um, yeah. So if you if you look up Protege Fitness, I think they should all be connected. There you go. Find go to I mean, go to Protege Fitness. I saw there's links on the website. Check them out. If you guys are listening to this and you're on social media, you're going to know how to find it. Easy name, Protege Fitness. Who knows? Maybe you want to look up Barb and become her next protege. But Barb, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you today. Thanks for taking some time out with us. Thank you for having me on. It's been fun. It, it's been good for us too. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value in this. I know I sure did. If you want to hear more episodes, more people like Barb, changing lives in their areas, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk to us about your model, what you're doing in your area, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you ASAP. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking butt. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Victor Beltran, owner of Swama Martial Arts in San Diego, California. How's it going, Victor? It's going great. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. I'm super excited to chat more about Swama Martial Arts. So let's hop right into it. Tell us about Swama and what kind of services do you guys offer? Well, uh, Swama Martial Arts was, um, which is an acronym for Southwestern Association Martial Arts, was founded in 1968 by Dr. James A. Wilson, a uh, Grandmaster Instructor in Taekwondo Hapkido um, here in San Diego, native San Diego. Um, and uh, he started with a, on a mission of teaching martial arts in his community, um, and teaching discipline and the pursuit of continual education through the discipline of martial arts. And I had met him when I was about 14 years old. And um, obviously I trained with him for a long time. And uh, I evolved and uh, I started teaching myself uh, I mean, I started teaching as the same way he did in 1986, opened my first academy or gym in, in 1992, uh, where I had to pay rent, and the whole world changed at that time. So uh, we, we, right now we specialize in uh, Muay Thai uh, and, uh, and Muay Thai Boran, uh, martial arts from Thailand. Uh, and our our focus is working with the community uh, from the ages of four years old to uh, the youngest is about 80 right now, I think. And so we have uh, people who train our facility because of different needs. Uh, one could be ADHD, ADD, uh, autism, uh, uh down syndrome, uh, being introverted, losing weight, uh, being bullied, um, uh, self-defense, uh, dads and moms want to protect their family, learn about, you know, and be better people, releasing stress. Um, uh, some want to become professional competitors or amateur competitors. So at SWAMA, we have a place for everyone. And, um, you know, it, it just, it just, it's a good place for families and for individuals who are looking for a home, a place and a, a, a sense of purpose 
I guess that that'll be the other the other good word for that. Yeah, awesome. I I love that that you kind of just cater to everybody. Um, so are you guys mostly just focusing on group classes? Do you also do personal training, anything else like that? Yes. Um, well, our, our, our program is focused on group classes and we do teach personal training as well. Um, the, um, uh, but we'll say 80% of our business is group classes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so, so I'm excited to dig into what you guys are doing a little bit more. Um, but you know, before we do that, I think you and I talked off the air about, um, you know, some of, some of the ups and downs that you've had over the years. Um, so talk to us a little bit, you know, um, about the pandemic and how that affected your gym in particular? Wow. <laughs> it, it, it uh, you know, not, now that you, you mentioned pandemic, um, it, it's, it's so weird because it, it seems like it was a hundred years ago right. when we started, you know, because it's taken so long. Um, well, back in, in 2019, I had, taken off to Thailand mm -hmm. uh, in January and I returned in February 7th and I was in a uh, world instructor summit uh, in Bangkok and we were talking about the pandemic and uh, we had some people you know from all over the world uh, who were in this in this uh, seminar and we were talking about that we were not too sure what we we're going to go back home to as far as how things were escalating. And we were, some of us who were from the United States were saying, well, hopefully we can get, go back into our own country. Um, I think it was March what, 14th, 15th. So it was about, you know, a few weeks after uh, getting back uh, that we got the orders to shut down. Uh, on Saturday, I had, was, I was talking to a, uh, this person who was selling this, this gym floor, uh, gymnastics mats, and I wanted to get new mats for my gym, and I was trying to get the best deal, and I was talking back and forth with my wife, how much it was going to cost us, and all these things, and finally, I, I got this great deal, mm -hmm. and on, on Saturday, before we got shut down on Monday, it was the 14th, so it must have been the 12th, um they bring the mats and and my hand was shaking because i was thinking something big is going to happen and my i might need this cash uh -huh. and my hand was and my hand was shaking and but i said man i'm a man of my word and i i i, I brokered this deal and i have to follow through no matter what I'm feeling inside my heart, you know? So we <laughs> handed over the money and I knew it. You yeah. know, we got shut down. We got shut down. And right. uh, so uh, we, we had already uh, 
been talking about different things about social media and marketing and stuff like that um, and pivoting. And so that same day, I turned around and got involved with uh, uh, Zoom. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Started, started teaching classes on Zoom online. And, you know, uh, parents were asking, you know, uh, and students were asking, you know, where do we go from here? Do I stop my membership? Do I do this? Do I do that? And we said, well, you know, we're not closing. We're just going to go online, you know, come in, borrow some dumbbells, borrow some jump ropes, you know, get online. These are the hours we're going to be teaching classes, you know, it's business as usual. And we were teaching personal training, though, in the facility. And then I think it was in April, late April, that we're allowed to teach in San Diego outside. Mm -hmm. So... uh, uh, we rolled out the mats and the equipment outside. I spoke to my landlord. Um, I said, look, uh, and I need this part of the parking lot uh, because we have a small parking lot in our facility. And we we share it with other tenants. And uh, I go, if you want me to pay the rent, I need this. you know." And she says, it's all yours. No problem. Interesting enough, when all this happened, by the way, <laughs> recap, I spoke to my landlord and, and, you know, we all got affected by this. And my landlord, she's a older lady. She's in her uh, late eighties, uh, seen a lot, done a lot, been through a lot. Yeah. And, and she looked at me and she says, you know, Victor, I like you, but, but mm-hmm. if at the, if at the end of this, you owe me, $50,000 or or $5 I want my money. Oh. I don't I don't I don't know uh, I'm not going to apply for a, a any federal funding from from my from my properties. Um and that's just the way it is. You know? And that's that's when the light switch went on. Mm-hmm. That I realized that I could sit on my um, how they say it um, on my rears or whatever. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can sit and and just play the game of of let's see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to get kicked out right now, um, but I, I realized that was still not the position I wanted to take. I, I decided that I was not going to be a victim. That um, you know. Where I come from, my 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 father says, as long as you have two hands, two feet, and brains, you know, you'll provide for yourself. You'll provide for your family. So do what you gotta do. So, you know, like I said, we had you know pivoted, gone into Zoom, learned about you know teaching through Zoom, um, and then we, you know, we went outside. Um, and by the way, I. <laughs> We went outside for three days of taking our equipment out and in, and finally I said, you know what? This is for the birds. I'm not doing this. Right. Uh, and it was real hot. Kids were burning their feet. Adults were, you know, just kind of leery, you know. Um, so we, I said to my students, you know what? Uh, I'm. If you want to come and train, come and train. If you don't, don't. 
And by the way, oh, by the way, so I, I when all this happened also, I jumped on a group of other business owners. It, and one of our, our uh, leaders of our community was a, a epiologist in Philadelphia. So we spent about two weeks learning how to litigate through this whole pro process, how to teach, uh, you know, we studied the height of our roof, the flow of air, mm -hmm. uh, the spread of the virus, and how to, uh, how to litigate the situation. So um, we, we created a grid system um, where there were blocks of 10 by 10s, um, and, uh, you know, we had say five kids or adults, whatever facing West. And then we had five other facing East, five mm -hmm. other facing South and five others facing North, uh, training. So they weren't facing each other directly. They were in their grid, um, doing different activities, um, we took temperature. They trained with the face mask on. Mm -hmm. We had people in social media telling us that how irresponsible we were for making students train um, with face masks on, um, and um, that you know the carbon monoxide or whatever you know that they're inhaling it in and it's not natural and it's this and that. And, and I had a smile. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't address any of these comments, um, especially because when I researched them, some of them, I'm in San Diego, and some of them were from Las Vegas, right? Yeah. And they said, oh, I was going to go over there and sign up. Yeah, all right, shut uh, up. You know? Yeah, there you are. Like, you know, you're just a person who has nothing on their time because you're locked down on, because of COVID like the rest of us, and, and you want to bicker. You know, and you you want to you know uh, talk about something that you have no knowledge about. You know, uh, we worked with again an epiologist and, and how this how to litigate through this and how safe we were and how to keep our communities safe. I believe that that we went the extra mile mm -hmm. to to create to create a positive environment when everything else was doomsday. Right. And I think that's what kept us afloat during COVID. We had more people signing up for our facility for online classes or in-person classes mm -hmm. because of it. Yeah, for sure. You know, because, you know, parents are saying, I don't know what to do with my child. My teenager, he's having suicidal thoughts. My 10 year old is having suicidal thoughts. You know, um, obesity, uh, all these things, depression, um, you know, all these things, you know, COVID, COVID taught us a lot. It, it was a blessing in many ways. And I, I feel sorry for all, you know, and for those families who have been directly by, uh, affected by COVID and by losing a family member. I lost family members during this COVID time as well. But, but it was a blessing. It was a blessing because one more time in my life, I had to learn how to pivot mm -hmm. and how to adjust. One of my one of my mentors said to me, "You know, martial artists or business business in general have to 
learn, be like a, a, a chameleon. You got to be able to change with times, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you have to, you know, um, be what your customer wants you to be, you know, and, and in our, in our community, we became the rock. We became a, a source of normality to some point or the other, you know, um, once again, I, we didn't have one outbreak of COVID in our facility. We had members who got COVID. Right. But they told, they called us and they said, you know what, Mr. Beltran, uh, my brother went out, he was irresponsible, he got COVID, I'm staying away, I'm getting tested. Mm-hmm. Very responsible, a lot of communication, a lot of communication. Um, and and so we didn't have any outbreak that anybody can say came our, out of our facility. And I think that in most part, from any gym. I don't think I know of a gym in San Diego or in the United States that was uh, a a source of COVID, right? You know, of an of an outbreak, um, and so we got shut down, you know, uh, just like everybody else. But it's what position you decided to take that really mattered here. Um, and as soon as we started opening up, because we continue to work in our community and continue. We did classes at the beach. We ran in from the city uh, to work out on the beach, parks. We did hiking. Uh, we did all this stuff to add on to the services that we, we normally provide. And it just made us stronger. And uh, we, we broke records on in sales and during uh during covid especially towards the end um i mean we're still there <laughs> we're doing covid so i guess the it's not right. the end but but we're at just a different position right um so the community really really stepped up and as long as i think if business owners stepped up if i'm not mistaken 60 percent of my industry which is the martial arts industry let it be mma um, uh, multi kickboxing gyms, Taekwondo schools, karate schools, jiu-jitsu yeah. schools, sixty percent closed. Yeah, you know? I, I would believe that. I believe well, you know about a third of all gyms closed mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and I would believe that the rate would be higher for something like you guys, given the the contact nature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and it was really, you know, it, it's really interesting because some of them, some of those schools or gyms, they were on their way up. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with the COVID, they, but that they decided that COVID was just the sign. <laughs> the sign to, to bow out graciously, you know, um, and, and some of them uh, didn't they didn't have a business plan, uh, a marketing plan. Um, they, 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 nobody's taught them how to reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so being in this industry for, was it 35 years now? Uh, you know, I had had to learn how to reinvent myself over and over and over. And and that's been, I think, the, uh, the callus of, our school, mm-hmm. that we're continually seeking knowledge, it's continually 
trying to improve the services for our community. So yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's as we are, you know, almost out of our time here. I think that's, that's a really good. No, 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 you're good. It's, it's your time. Um, so I think that's a really good kind of note lesson to end on there is just, you know, the, the importance of one having a plan but to the importance of being a little flexible in that plan and, you know, pivoting when necessary. Most definitely. You know, um, you know, I, I think that good things are, are, are waiting for everybody in the, in this industry. This industry is not going to go anywhere. Let it be CrossFit, uh, weightlifting gyms, personal training. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the top industries in the world. You know, and it's it's not gonna go anywhere. It's 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 gonna it's gonna trickle down to see who can pivot and who cannot. And and there's a difference also. Uh, there's those people who have you know, if I take a CrossFit program and I like it and I see how the owner likes the class, I'm just talking about you know CrossFit or martial arts, you know, and say, oh my gosh, they're making so much great money, and so I'm gonna open one. But they have, they didn't study it. They didn't research the marketing, the getting the right rent. Uh, you know, how much do I pay for my employees? All stuff. So to me, they're not professionals or more like a hobbyist. Right. You know, it's, it's like those, those, those people who have buy a brand new Harley Davidson, but it's not part of a bank gang. You know, it's a, he's a hobbyist, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, and, mm-hmm. and as soon as the weather's bad, you know, they're going to put the bike inside the garage and, and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, the professionals, they ride in good yeah. weather and bad weather. You know, they ride, you know, they get that hog and they, and they in fact, they probably look forward to the bad weather, you yeah. know, uh, it builds character. So, you know, those who are professionals are going to survive and they're going to do very well. Right. For sure. Awesome. All right. Well, before we go here, Victor, um, you know, give us a shout out for all of our listeners out there, um, you know, who may be interested in coming in, checking out your facility. What's your website? Um, and can we find you guys somewhere on social media? Most definitely. Um, so on on Facebook, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, we're Swama Martial Arts, S-W-A-M-A, Martial Arts. Um, and our website is uh, swamomartialarts.com or muaythaisd.com um, and we're, we're there and you know uh, everybody's welcome if anybody has any questions I'd love to talk to them uh, I, 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 I one of those people who seen a little bit done yeah. a lot and and I would like to people succeed so um anything I can do to help people or answer questions, more than happy to do it. Awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We, we really, really appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to spend it with us. Um, and to all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today as well. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Victor here. So if you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.